3: Hope your day is going to go really well. going to be praying for your intentions here in a few moments. Going to have a great program today. I know I say that every day, but today I really mean it. New guest, new opportunity to have conversation today. Now, one of the big stories that came out of last week, it's still going on actually, is the GameStop stock short squeeze. We've been reporting on it. We've talked about it a few times. But today we're going to have uh, sort of an extended conversation, not just from the uh, the nuts and bolts of what is a short squeeze, the you know hedge fund managers versus retail, not that there's that, but then there's the Catholic take on all of this. Uh, you know the the issue over usury. And what is the Catholic lesson and takeaway here? To have that conversation, we've invited Mike from Restoring the Faith Media. It's a YouTube channel. You can check it out, Mike from Restoring the Faith. Uh, he, is, he has a financial investment and services background, and so we're going to talk to him about this story. Uh, we'll, t- we'll cover the nuts and bolts, why it matters, who's involved, what will be the outcome, but also the Catholic take on that. Uh, that's going to be our conversation in our guest segment today on, on uh, Catholic Drive Time. Also today, we're going to have, of course, in the second hour, if you can join us at all, we'd love to have you as our trivia game show. We'd love to have you for that. New prizes this week from Tiny Saints Prize Box. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Of course, today is Candlemas Day. Now, today's the the one time a year you can take your candles to Mass and get them blessed in a very special way, a very special blessing for your home, Uh, but you may have to search around to find a Candle Mass in your area, and I encourage you to do so. My family and I will be going to Candle Mass today. We might might cover that a little bit today with Mike from Restoring the Faith as well, but I also wanted to mention before we jump into our conversations and our shows today uh, that I've launched an, an initiative on our website for Catholic Drive Time. I'm inviting you to join an email list. I, yes, I will harass you. Uh, I promise you I'll, I'll bug you in your inbox yeah, at least once a week, but there's, that's not the point. We're considering doing something very special during the holy season of Lent, maybe an extended scripture study on the readings, maybe a, a, a sort of a spiritual um, review of some Lenten materials. We're contemplating some initiatives that I want to alert you about. And to do that, I want to encourage you to join our email list and to incentivize you to do so. I have a great talk from Father Bill Casey, the Congregations of the Fathers of Mercy, who gave a wonderful sort of State of the Union, the Church and society at large, where we're at now, where we're headed – kind of a talk for us back in November, and it's not available to the public, and I'm going to give you this talk for free. You can watch it right now. Just go to grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Scroll down to the sign-up box, and you can, uh, you'll can you get the link as soon as you sign up. You'll get it in your email inbox. So that's, again, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Just that way we can alert you to things that are happening specific to Catholic Drive Time. Uh, of course, the team is here. Good morning to you, Emily. Carez.
1: Good morning, Joe. I got to be there for that Father Casey talk. It was incredible, powerful. We really want to hear it. So now, did
3: you ever know about Father Casey uh, uh, before you heard that talk?
1: No, you kept mentioning his name, and that was the first time I'd ever met him yeah, or heard him. It's
3: powerful. Adrian mm-hmm. Fonseca is here too. Good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning, Joe. Have you heard of uh, Father Bill Casey part of that talk? No, not at
4: all. Um, we're these young folk. We listen to people like <laughs> Father Mike Schmitz. Uh, Who's that again? One yeah, more time? Just you know, the Mike most popular uh, priest in all of America all right now. All of the, now, all of the so.
3: world. The whole world, probably. Well, God bless him. God love him, for sure. But uh, great talk. You can get that, again, over at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. All right, so we're going to be praying for your intentions. We have news coming up, plus, uh, you know, Santa of the Day, Gospel of the Day, plus our conversation with Mike at Restoring Faith. It's a full show. Let's, Let's get started. Your intentions are included along with our intentions, praying for peace in our country, peace in our world, conversion of sinners, and for the glory of God. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come. Before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy. Hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now the headlines with Emily Alcaraz.
1: Organizations which hold traditional beliefs on marriage are again being labeled as hate groups. The Southern Poverty Law Center has again named mainstream organizations to its list of hate groups in the 2020 publication of its annual Year of Hate and Extremism report. The report, which was released yesterday, purports to create an easy-to-search list of hate groups in the United States, broken down by each state. While the list includes neo-Nazi white nationalists, and chapters of the KKK, the 2020 list also includes mainstream organizations such as the Alliance Defending Freedom, Liberty Council, and the Ruth Institute. These groups are listed as anti-LGBTQ because they're opposed to same-sex marriage. A best-selling Catholic book has been banned without explanation from social media jointly-owned Facebook and Instagram have banned the selling of the book The Anti-Mary Exposed by Catholic author Dr. Carrie Gress because it doesn't comply with their commerce policies. The book, which investigates the origins of the anti-Marian spirit that has embraced abortion and destroyed the lives of countless men, women, and children, has recently trended as a number one bestseller in feminist theory on Amazon. Amazon also recently inexplicably removed themselves as an intermediary seller, but later restored the book to its store after Gress's publisher reached out to them multiple times. Interest in the book spiked after social media users learned it was being banned. Traditionalist Catholic book distributor Tan Books revealed that only a couple of days after posting about the censorship, their stock of the book had sold out. Australian prosecutors announced on Monday that they're dropping charges against the journalists accused of breaching a gag order in the trial of Cardinal Pell. Prosecutor Lisa Ferrari told the Supreme Court of Victoria that the Director of Public Prosecutions made the decision after all 12 Australian media outlets accused of breaching the order agreed to plead guilty. The media companies also signaled that they would pay part of the DPP's prosecution costs. The County Court of Victoria imposed a sweeping injunction back in 2018 at the request of the prosecution preventing the media from reporting on two trials involving Pell until the jury agreed a verdict in the second trial. Australia's High Court unanimously overturned Pell's conviction for five alleged counts of sexual abuse in 2020 after he'd already served 13 months in jail. And the Blessed Sacrament was found completely intact among the ruins of a church in Spain. Rescuers in Madrid announced last week that a consecrated host was found amid the rubble left behind from the explosion of a building next to the Virgen de la Paloma Parish. The January 20th explosion caused by a gas leak destroyed flo- four floors of the building where the parish priests lived, also affecting the nursing home and the neighboring school. One young priest, Father Ruben Perez Ayala, died as a result of the explosion. The Archdiocese of Madrid announced that the broken tabernacle had been taken to the chancery for repairs while the consecrated host has been placed in the tabernacle at the Cathedral of Santa Maria La Real de la Almudena. I'm, Am- I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Tuesday morning headlines through a Catholic lens.
3: Saint jean Théophane Venard, pray for us. He was born on the 21st of November, 1829 at Saint-Loup in the Diocese of Poitiers in France. Raised in a pious family, he had a brother who became a priest, uh, who would later become the curator of Theophanes' writings. He had another brother who was the bishop of Portiers, in fact. saint Bernard studied at the College of Du la fontaine in Portiers and also at the Paris Seminary for foreign missions. saint Bernard was ordained in June of 1852 and went to become a missionary in Southeast Asia. He spent 15 months working in Hong Kong before he finally transferred to the West Tonkin, which is called vietnam today that was about 1852 1853 but at the time christians in the area were being persecuted by the ruler of the area Uh, i think his name was min man Uh, but just before theophane's arrival there was a new anti-christian order that was promulgated and it forced priests and bishops to go into hiding, hiding in the forest, hiding in the caves, hiding in the, in the dark uh, you know shadows in hopes of not being caught and martyred for their faith. but Father Bernard, he spent four years hiding this way, terribly sick the whole time, ministering to the flock by night, and sometimes if he could find a secure location, he would also do so during the day, but mostly at night. Well, he would be betrayed by a parishioner in 1860. He was put on trial and found guilty of the crime of being a Christian. And he was given ample opportunity to save himself. All he had to do was deny his Christian faith, which he heroically declined. They kept him in a cage for several weeks prior to his execution, during which he took the opportunity to write a series of joyful and consoling letters to his family back in france it would be the second of february 1861 when they beheaded him for his christian faith in hanoi they stuck his head on a pole as a warning to others it would later be recovered and preserved as a relic there in Tonkin or vietnam the rest of his body was sent back to his family and is interred in the crypt of the missions at etrangères in paris france St. John Paul II would canonize him on the 19th of June, 1988. St. Jean Theophane Vinard, pray for us. And the gospel comes to us from Luke chapter 2, verses 22-32. When the days were completed for their purification, according to the law of Moses, Mary and Joseph took Jesus up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, just as it is written in the law of the Lord. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he should not see death before he had seen the Christ of the Lord. He came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to perform the custom of the law in regard to him, he took him into his arms and blessed God, saying, Now, Master, You may let your servant go in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in the sight of all the peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and glory for your people Israel. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, What a great uh, passage. You know, the uh, presentation of the infant Jesus in the temple, one of the mysteries of the joyful set of mysteries of the Holy Rosary. And I love this particular uh, you know, passage for Simeon in, part, in particular here, because notice a couple of things. Number one, uh, when Our Lady comes to the temple, uh, she's doing two things. She has to uh, atone for her own, uh, you know, sort of the, the faults in herself from a legal perspective, which there were none. Our Lady never had any legal faults, no sins, no stain of sin, you know, nothing. Uh, so I think that should be interesting, because when we think of uh, religious versus Christian, there's it's always this ongoing uh, sort of debate that happens in social media, you know, uh, being Christian is not about being religious. Our Lady herself demonstrates, let alone her own son, many times over in the Gospels, that even though they had nothing to atone for, still, they, they followed the law per- precisely. So we see that, and then, of course, we see the presentation, and this is the the ultimate the actual ultimate presentation of the Son of God to the to Israel, a, a, a people that should have been waiting intently to to uh, uh, welcome the coming of the Messiah, to welcome the coming of the Son of God, and we see Simeon. Of course, Anna comes right after this in this same episode. But notice with Simeon, three times in this same passage, we are told that he is motivated by the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Three times. I mean, right back to back to back to back. He is uh, living in the Spirit. He is motivated by the Spirit. He comes to the temple by the Spirit. I mean, that is a that should be an eye-opener. That should tell you you should be paying very close attention to what is going on here. And when we see this sort of uh, the coming together of the Messiah with his people, I don't know about you, but I had this like sort of flashback in my mind of King David there at Hebron receiving the people when uh, that covenant covenant language was used, bone of my bones, right? Which flashes even further back to Genesis chapter 2 when when Adam receives Eve, bone of my bones. This monumental coming of the Son of God, the Messiah to the people, a light to the Gentiles. You know that the Jesus embodies God's salvation Himself, and the warning that comes with this—that that in the very next sentence after this passage—that Our Lady would have to suffer alongside Him. That's the cross. More of what's concerning us coming up after the break. Don't go anywhere. got the drive time. Be right back.
2: First John two twenty seven reads you have no need that anyone should teach you, as his anointing, the Holy Spirit, that is, teaches you about everything. Sounds pretty Protestant, doesn't it? No living teaching authority and just me and the Holy Spirit? Was John Protestant? Absolutely not. And here are some reasons why. First, John can't be rejecting a living teaching authority because in 1 John 4, 6, he instructs his readers that the Apostles' teaching is the criterion for discerning truth from error. So what does John mean? He's warning his readers against false teachers. In 1 John 2.19, he writes, Some went out from us, but they were not of us. If false teachers, well then there must be true teachers. Sure, the Spirit teaches Christians the truth, but he does so through the living teaching authority, not apart from it. I'm Carlo Bruceard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com.
3: Praise speed of Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. It's so good to be on with you. Coming up here in about uh, 15, 16, 17 minutes or so, Mike from Restoring the Faith, a YouTube channel. You should check it out. Mike from Restoring the Faith is going to be our guest today. We're going to talk about the GameStop GameStop. Short squeeze stock situation between hedge fund managers and uh, retail stock purchasers. What's going on? But it's not just the, the sort of the nuts and bolts. It's the Catholic lesson that could be learned in all of this. Uh, so we've invited Mike, who has a background in uh, managing finances and stocks and all of that. So we're going to have his take on that coming up in our conversation segment. Plus, uh, we have our game show in the next hour. We'd love to have you a part of that if you're able to join us. But again, I want to invite you to download a free talk from Father Bill Casey from the Congregation of Fathers of Mercy on his State of the Union, The Church and Society. It's a great, fantastic short talk, actually, 30 minutes. I'm giving it away for free for anybody who signs up to the Catholic Drive Time email list. You can find that at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Uh, so, we encourage you to do that because we want to in- invite you to some new initiatives we're going to be doing just for Catholic drive time during the season of Lent. So, again, check that out. GRNOnline.com forward slash CDT. Um, there's a p- couple of stories that I would like to jump into here. But before I do that in the What's Concerning Us section, I wanted to give Emily and Adrian an opportunity to comment on the gospel if you, were, if you had something you wanted to share.
4: Yeah, absolutely. So, I had, <laughs> I have, there's quite a bit to say about the, uh, the readings for Candlemas. The for one thing, the whole what's the purpose of Candlemas? So Candlemas, it's in regards to three things, three mysteries: the prophecy of Simeon, Our Lady's purification, and uh, the presentation of the Child Jesus in the temple. All these three things, and those are the three things that we meditate on at the fourth joyful mystery. Now, these three things are incredibly important. Why? Because, especially the first two, are something that is not uh, it was not required. Because our Lord was not required to be presented at the temple. Why was it not uh, required to be presented? Because he is the word made flesh. He is not bound by the law. Uh, In fact... He is the law. He is above the law. He's over the law. And Our Lady, though she had uh, the women at the time, were required after childbirth to go and be purified. Why? Because of a threefold uncleanliness. Uh, one of is a natural uncleanliness, meaning that they, were, uh, they had just given birth. So just naturally speaking that there's a lot of fluids, things going on there. The second one reason, because of the law. And legally speaking, according to Jewish law, after women were uh, gave birth, because you're not allowed to touch blood and childbirth that you touch blood, you uh, had to be cleaned, cleaned. And then a third is a moral uncleanliness, because you conceived in your womb, someone who had original sin, and therefore you were touching someone who had original sin and therefore needed to be cleaned. Uh, And so a lot, but it talks about this and shows that our lady, while not having any of these three things. Uh, She herself submitted to the law and allowed herself to be purified just as our Lord submitted to the law and allowed himself to be circumcised. Uh, So I think that's a very important thing. And in the prophecy of Simeon, uh, the Simeon prophesies this, and religious and priests all around the world read uh, the prophecy of Simeon every night before bed. Why? Because of twofold reasons. Uh, one, in order to meditate on your death, because he talks about he was, he's now going to go on to his reward, and two, of trusting in the Savior, trusting in God, um, that he will be the joyful way to die, that with him, seeing his face, that's the end goal. That's the uh, the end to which we're striving to. I think, mm. that, I think that's very important.
3: Yeah, amen to that. Um, it. There's a couple of stories here, Emily, if you're uh, ready to Mm -hmm. transition into the What's Concerning Us uh, section. I'll mention just two really quickly and brief. I won't even read their articles, but we will link to the stories we we mentioned here. And I'm posting them at facebook.com forward slash catholic drive time. We're also posting links over on the GRN online side and the Station of the Cross side. We're grateful uh, to be broadcasting up abo- across both networks today, uh, but real quick, as a former, as a as a guy who served in the, in the Marine Corps uh, in the United States military. I've been pleased uh, the last few years to see a drawdown in troops abroad, especially across, uh, you know, various African countries in the Middle East and even in Europe. I lived in Europe. My father was a career army. We lived in Stuttgart. I have great and fond memories there. I also have memories of being chewed out by local Germans uh, when I was on the playground, and that was kind of fun. But, uh, I see that uh, there's an article out here by the Defense Post that says Biden could reverse German Germany troop removal. I'll post a link to it. Um, but, you know, the, the Trump administration was trying to pull back a lot of the troops and they either send some home and he was going to send some home and he was going to send some to other parts. But he was going to reduce the troop quantities that have been in Germany since the end of World War Two. Um, so th- I, f- I find this a very interesting story. But I also discovered I didn't know this up until just this morning, as a matter of fact. Maybe you, my dear listener, or Adrian, Emily, maybe you guys knew this, but I didn't know this. But 24 hours after President Biden was inaugurated as the president of the United States, um, not only did Syria's president uh, send a, a message saying, please remove U.S. troops from our sovereign land. We've apparently we've had troops over there. Uh, There's not been really a lot of uh, conflict over there other than the fact that we've been over there sort of guarding uh, the oil uh, infrastructure there. Well, Biden sent troops in by a helicopter within 24 hours this is a uh, a Syrian news agency has been reporting that about 40 trucks and helicopters came across the border from Iraq into Syria within 24 hours he has not only uh, stopped the reduction of troops that Trump administration put forward but he's actually increased them uh, uh to another amount so this is very concerning that we we were sort of headed in a direction of getting away from regime change you know geopolitical with troop movement type of stuff To now going back to that, you know, so that's very concerning to me. Again, I will post links to both of those stories. And then there's, uh, there's two more stories I want to mention here. One is out of LifeSite News. It says, help us, don't kill us. Africans plead with Biden to not fund abortion in their countries. This is a topic I've covered in the past, but this is an article, and I'll read a little bit to you. It says, a diverse group of Africans has appealed to U.S. President Joe Biden in a powerful video not to fund abortion in their countries. The video, titled A Message for President Biden, the Unified Voices of Africa, was released last week in response to the Biden administration's announcement that it would repeal the Mexico City policy, which would restore foreign aid to organizations involved in abortion. It says, quote, we appeal to Joe Biden. Please do not sponsor abortion in Africa, unquote, states a a woman named uh, Ujunwa, who is a university lecturer in the video put out by the Culture of Life in Africa. And it goes on to say that, uh, Obianjo Ichioko, whom we've, uh, I've interviewed on my show in the past, says a Nigerian born human rights activist who is the founder of the Culture of Life Africa said in the video that Biden's repeal of the Mexico City policy is horrifying because it means that organizations that provide abortions, such as the International Planned Parenthood Federation, uh, and others, Will now be now receive funding to help eliminate Africans. It's a very concerning situation, and uh, these uh, these people from that area who are very uh, pro life are begging the U.S. to stop funding abortions. In their countries. Uh, Ichioka was a great guest. She talked about World Health Organization's uh, ties to communist China and uh, their tainted vaccination programs that were targeting uh, uh, women who were uh, making them infertile. So uh, I should uh, try to get her back on the show soon. But uh, great article. I'm going to post a link to that as well. Um, Before I mention the other one, do you have anything, Emily?
1: No, just along those lines. We heard this week that Black Lives Matter has been nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. Oh, wow. um, Which is, you know, surprising because they were were involved in some violent protests this year, as we know. Um, But on that topic of abortion in um, Africa, really, there are so many other things that we could be doing to help um, foreign countries. Um, and their development, and you know, but real, and we see in America as well, we know that abortion mills are placed strategically in minority neighborhoods, um, and they' are adversely affecting black populations more than white populations. We are like the the population of um, racially b- black people is decreasing in those neighborhoods because of the abortion mills, and now we're doing it internationally as well. So really, this is this is real, actual racism we're talking about, where people are actually trying to wipe out um, racially black people here in America, African Americans, but also internationally. So I like where where are the Black Lives Matter activists um, when this is going on, you know?
3: Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a great topic. Uh, we should probably book a guest uh, to sort of give us more uh, insight and education on that as well. It is very concerning. Uh, in these days, uh, sort of like uh the good, you know, good is bad, be- good is evil, and evil is good kind of thing. Isaiah chapter twenty, or I think it's verse five, uh, chapter five, verse twenty. I'll get there someday.
1: And you know, it is Black History Month, so we should absolutely try to book Obianuju Nuju. Is that how you pronounce her name?
3: Ichiko, yeah. Ichiko. We yeah. should
1: absolutely book her for this month. And
3: she's super busy. I tried to I tried to get her a couple of weeks ago. I'm sure she is. She's a doctor as well. So
1: I didn't know that. Yeah, she
3: keeps it for a pretty busy schedule, so we'll have to She's book her. But it may be a few woman. weeks. Her woman. Right. Our interview with her was really fascinating. She really dived into uh, the, the sort of these tainted vaccination programs in her. In Africa, and uh, it's very concerning why we see these NGOs go over there right. and decide. Talk about colonization. Talk about. Talk
1: about white savior complex. Exactly.
3: <laughs> you know, it's like for all the oh. criticisms that we receive on people like uh, Saint Hernipero Serra, Columbus, and all of this stuff, only to sort of be doing this and per, and supporting organizations that do this. In Africa today, it's really, really actually is very concerning. Mm -hmm. Um, There's another topic that kind of came up. I saw that I was scrolling through. I was going I go through like a dozen different uh, news article websites. I'm sure you do, too, Emily. Yeah. Oh, so many. But there was one picture that really caught my attention. Mm -hmm. And as I was trying to scroll further quickly through it all, I saw this picture of two wrestlers. And I don't know, they look like teenagers. Okay. And there's one that looks like a biological male oh. with, it, with his, uh, yeah. you know, and a choking grip and, uh, of a what looks like a, f- a biological female. And it's the look in her eyes that give it away. I did
1: see that article. The look this morning. of, come
3: and help us. Yep. Come and help me. Save me from this. And so I clicked on it. And the, the, the headline says Texas lawmaker file bill to ban biological males from competing in women's sports um yeah like that seems like a no-brainer but it says uh, lawmakers and this is uh, reported at breitbart.com again i'll post a link to it at facebook.com forward slash catholic drive time it says lawmakers in texas have introduced legislation to protect females from having to compete in sports against biological men uh it says the bill would preserve single-sex sports that pre- that reserve women's sports for biological women it goes on to say the Tribune reported that most Texas universities follow NCAA rules, which allow students to compete in sports not just according to their biological sex, but their gender identity uh, as well. LGBTQ advocates said conservatives across the country are latching on to issues related to athletes and health care as the latest way to spread fear about transgender children using inaccurate information, despite opposition from medical and uh, athletic associations, the Tribune reported, citing failed earlier legislation to make bathrooms designated for people based on their biological sex. This is a very concerning story. I'll link to it. But golly gee whiz. I mean, And you'd think that we would want to help women excel in arts, in sports, in politics, in society, and yet uh, we see biological males dominating these females in the sport. It's rather flip-floppy. We'll post a link. We'll be right back. More breaking stories coming up next. Catholic Drive Time. More to come.
6: This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say... I want a religion that is not so dogmatic. Well, G.K. Chesterton says a religion that is not dogmatic is not a religion. A religion means something that commits a man to some doctrine about the universe. Anyone who believes anything is dogmatic. In fact, Chesterton says a teacher who is not dogmatic is not teaching anything. And if you think about it, a doctor who's not dogmatic is not who you want prescribing medicine or performing surgery. An auto mechanic who's not dogmatic is not going to be able to fix your carburetor. We want professionals to have specific training, but specific training means embracing very specific ideas. And yet we want a religion that is not dogmatic, as if standing before God is less important than repairing our car. Want more than a minute? Visit Chesterton.org.
7: The universe is filled with order from top to bottom it's a beautiful order and not only is it beautiful it's an order that we can actually comprehend and it's almost as if we
4: have been made to be able to comprehend that order in the universe to be able to contemplate it so that
7: we can see maybe that purpose behind it
5: please visit father spitzer's website magiscenter.com to watch this beautiful and important video about purpose and god's creation that's magiscenter.com
1: Welcome back to The Catholic Drive Time Show. I'm Emily Alcaraz. Today is Tuesday, February 2nd, and these are your headlines. A doctor in North Carolina is now recommending the use of more than one mask at a time. After Dr. Anthony Fauci recently endorsed double masking and mainstream media advising Americans to consider wearing two or even three masks, one doctor told NBC that three or even four masks filter better. Dr. Scott Siegel, Chair of Anesthesiology at Wake Forest Baptist Health, has been studying face covering fabrics for much of 2020 and said in an interview, if you put three or four masks on, it's going to filter better because it's more layers of cloth. Similarly, Dr. Lindsay Marr, a professor of civil and environmental engineering at Virginia Tech and her research team, are saying that two masks only provide 50 to 70% efficacy and that three layers should be worn to achieve 90% effectiveness. Former President Donald Trump was nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize yesterday by an Estonian member of the European Parliament, Jacques Madison. In a post on social media, Madison said, in the last 30 years, Donald Trump is the first president of the United States who during his tenure has not started a war. Additionally, he signed several peace agreements in the Middle East, which have helped provide stability in the region and peace. Madison was referring to the Abraham Accords, a joint statement between Israel, the United Arab Emirates, and the United States, and later with Bahrain and other Arab countries. Under the diplomatic push, Trump's administration also negotiated deals with Sudan and Morocco. An anti-police protest turned violent in Rochester last night. Black Lives Matter protesters took to the streets of Rochester on Monday afternoon to protest in response to a nine-year-old girl who was pepper sprayed by a police late last week. An officer used handcuffs and an irritant on the minor who reportedly threatened to harm herself. On Monday afternoon, protesters began marching in the streets in response. They became aggressive and overturned police barricades in an attempt to approach a police station. After chanting until late in the evening, the crowd eventually dispersed and the Vatican has recognized the heroic virtues of the professor who discovered the cause of Down syndrome. The heroic virtues of the historic figurehead of the French pro-life movement, Professor Jérôme Lejeune, were officially recognized in January by Pope Francis in a decree that has opened the way to his beatification. By virtue of the papal decision, Jérôme Lejeune was declared venerable after a lengthy investigation into his life and actions initiated in 2017. 2007, sorry, 13 years after his death on Easter of 1994. Jerome Lejeune, a medical doctor and researcher in the field of genetics, obtained worldwide fame in 1958 when he discovered the cause of Down syndrome. He dedicated his life to helping both the children and their families, hoping to find a treatment and above all, proclaiming the right to life of the tiniest of human beings, fighting for the protection of the little Tom Thumbs that are in danger of destruction through the crime of abortion. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Tuesday morning headlines through a Catholic lens.
3: Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. Thank you, Emily, for keeping us uh, up to date and informed on the news. Uh, real quick, before we jump into our conversation, I want to remind you that a great place to go to get uh, information on our show, especially the audio side of our podcast is available, uh, plus the videos, uh, individual uh, in- conversations, playlists, all of that. Plus, we're also offering a, a talk free of charge to us uh, f- uh, Father Bill Casey from the Congregations of uh, the Fathers of Mercy, who gave a great, wonderful sort of State of the Union, the Church and Society, where we're going and what you should think about and be doing kind of a talk. 30 minutes, it's short and sweet and powerful. Uh, it's yours. Just We're asking you to, to sign up to our email list so we can inform you of uh, some new initiatives that we'll be doing here at the Catholic Drive Time team during the Holy Season of Lent. You can find all of that at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Again, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. And also, just as a reminder, it's Candlemass Day. Find a candle mass near you. You may have to dig a little bit, but uh, start Googling now. Start finding mass times and take your family to mass tonight and bring your uh, beeswax candles with you. It's going to be a great blessing for your home. And for your family. Joining us right now by Zoom chat is uh Mike from Restoring the Faith, a YouTube channel we will be linking to, obviously, during the program today. Want to have a conversation about GameStop. You know, the uh the big news that broke last week, it's continued. It's actually sort of it seems like it's expanding a little bit. Uh, the battle between hedge fund, fund managers and retail stock purchasers, uh, that's kind of gone a little crazy. What's behind all of this, but more importantly, is there a Catholic lesson to be learned in all of this? We've invited Mike from Restoring the Faith on our program to conversate about that. Good morning to you, Mike. Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me, Joe. Yeah. Honored to be here. Praise be to Jesus. Now, uh, by way of disclosure, you have some background and expertise in, in financial management or investments. Maybe you can give us the, uh, the elevator pitch on your resume.
7: Yeah, sure. Just uh, after I left the Marine Corps, um, went straight to Wall Street, worked for a major investment bank, was an investment banker, which means it's not somebody who manages money. It's somebody who manages corporate finance transactions. So I took a couple companies public, uh, did some capital markets transactions in both the debt and equity uh, markets, as well as mainly I was, a, I was an M&A guy, mergers and acquisitions. So I'd help large companies buy small companies, help small companies get sold to large companies. Uh, but usually that involves the exchange of of um, equities, um, either in a private setting or in a, or in a public setting. So, uh, familiar with the capital markets enough to talk about it, Joe, today, <laughs> but not a trader or anything like that. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, uh Semper Fi,
3: my brother. I got out of the Marine Corps in uh, '95.
7: Oohrah! <laughs> All right.
3: Wow. I uh, I knew I liked you. Ah, well, it's early yet. Let's preserve judgment till the end. All right. So, uh, Mike from Restoring the Faith is our guest. Uh, start, uh, Mike. Could you start by telling us uh, what is the nuts and bolts of the story? What were hedge fund, fund managers trying to do, and why were these sort of day trader retail purchasers trying to stop them in doing that?
7: This what we witnessed last week was nothing short of a populist uprising. And here's why I say that. Okay, so this is a concept that can sound really complicated, but it's really it's very simple. You can either be short in a stock or long. And that's that's traders speak for. If you're long in a stock, that means you buy it and you own it and you hope it goes up and then you sell it later. The short is just the reverse. You sell it first and then you buy it later because you're betting against it going down. Now, a lot of people will say that that provides liquidity in the market and it helps regulate the price of stocks, and efficient market theory hypothesis says that all information is known by everybody, and so these things all act rationally. The problem is is when you're short in the stock, you sold something that in some cases you don't have, and so that's called a naked short. Mm. And um, you and I, Joe, are not allowed to do naked shorts. <laughs> that's you probably I... a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing for both of us. Yes. But you and I are not allowed to sell... <laughs> Something that we literally don't even have. Right. But the hedge funds can do that. Mm -hmm. The hedge funds have that opportunity uh, because they are special. They're qualified investors. They're given a lot more leeway. So they can literally provide downward pressure on a stock like GameStop, like AMC, without ever owning the thing. And so they create the market conditions that they're seeking. They, They benefit when the price goes down. But when you sell, 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 which is what they're doing. Then that pushes the price down. So a bunch of people on Reddit last week, Joe, they got together and said, "Enough is enough. The people will rise up. We're going to take our Stimmy checks and we're going to invest those in uh, in our favorite our favorite stock from our nostalgic days in the you know late '90s, early 2000s when we would go to GameStop and buy the latest video game and mommy would drive us there, <laughs> and um, and it worked." They put these major hedge funds like Mercer Capital into a what's called a short squeeze. Mm. The price kept going up and up and up and these guys had to keep putting money in to to maintain their short position. Okay, so
3: let's uh let's let's dumb that down for knuckle draggers like myself. So they borrowed stock from someone but the way they make money is actually by destroying the company, not by building it up. Because buy low, sell high is something we've all heard a bunch of times. But it's the opposite of that. It's sell it cheap, tell everybody it's terrible, don't buy this, it's horrible, drives the stock down. They sell off everything they have for cheap price, then they buy it back for cheap, and then they, they give the, the stocks back for what they originally agreed to, and they keep the difference
7: pretty much. It's sell high, buy low. And they want to make sure that they buy low because a lot of these hedge funds do not operate by any ethical or moral principles that you and I would recognize. These people like to sift through your trash to find dirt on you. <laughs> they like to plant bad news stories in the media. They will do anything it takes to drive the share price down, including um, you know, he- being incredibly short on the stocks to the point in GameStop where there was something almost 200 percent of the shares (laughs) outstanding of the float was in a short position by these mega, mega uh, hedge funds. So when the when the when the folks on Reddit and Facebook got together and they said, "Okay, we're all going to we're going to take our our stimmies and we're going to we're going to go long on this stock. And this is a populist uprising. I, I did a video about it, Joe, and I was wrong. Okay, because I argued in the video, I said, hey, don't buy this stock because, look, it's it's obviously in a bubble right now. It's obviously going to come back down. This is this is just an aberration in the market. Um, I got so much hate mail because (laughs) what I didn't recognize was that these people who are doing this, they don't care about making money, Joe. They really don't care. What they care about is the principle. I even talked to a guy. He's he's a fellow uh, veteran. He's in Ohio. And um, he's got he's got like twenty five thousand dollars worth of GameStop wow. stock right now. Now it wasn't worth that. Much. He didn't put twenty five thousand in. That's just ha- that's just the run up. Mm. And I said, I said, brother, you need to sell. You need to sell and take your chips off the table. Go buy yourself a truck or something. Right. He said, No, I don't care. This is the principle. I will ride this out. And if I can buy more, I will.
3: All right. Hold that thought. We're talking with Mike from Restoring the Faith and uh, YouTube channel. Great. Check it out. We will link to it, obviously, at facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. But don't go anywhere. On the other side of this short break, We'll continue our conversation with Mike, and we're going to get to the Catholic take on this. Is there a Catholic lesson to be learned from this scenario? All of that coming up, plus much more of Catholic Drive Time is headed your way. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
7: This is a Messy Family Minute with Mike and Alicia Hernan. Many parents are greatly concerned about the way that secular culture influences their children. But what's a parent to do? It's impossible for us to isolate our children from all outside influences. To inoculate their children against secular culture, Catholic parents need to create a family culture that is more dynamic and appealing
2: than the culture that the world offers.
5: Family culture is the unspoken system that binds your family together and communicates expectations, beliefs, and values more powerfully than any written word. It forms the way of life for your family. Parents need to be thoughtful and intentional about the culture they are stewarding within their home because those messages are being heard by all of your children all of the time.
6: A strong, positive family culture
7: is the secret weapon of Catholic parents because it will help children to recognize that the culture of the world is shallow and unsatisfying. For a free download on how to develop your own family
2: culture, visit us at messyfamilyminute.org.
3: Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. It's so good to be on with you. We're talking about GameStop stock, the, uh, the battle that rages between hedge fund managers and these retail purchasers. In the last segment, we were, we've been talking with Mike from Restoring the Faith about sort of the nuts and bolts, sort of, sort of the practical elements of the story. But I want to transition a bit to the, the Catholic take on all of this. Um, usury used to be a conversation we used to have in the church quite a bit, uh, but that seems to have gone away. I'm hoping, Mike, that you can, uh, maybe talk about this story as, as Catholics, what should we be thinking? Because, you know, part of the, my thinking goes as a knuckle dragger, I mean, I don't know anything about stocks. I don't even own stocks. I sold my 401k years ago, got rid of the whole thing, cashed out of the, uh, the casino that is the stock market. Um, I, is it legal for these hedge funds to do these things? Is it ethical? Is it right? Should they be doing them? And if so, uh, you know, how can we justify that? So I want to get to the Catholic take, Mike from Restoring the Faith.
7: Okay, in, in any business transaction, we have to be concerned with the common good, and the common good sounds is different and distinct from the collective good. So the collective good is something that a lot, you know, the, the, the lefties like to talk about because it's basically communism. Uh, but the common good is a real thing, and what it means, and if uh, defined by Father Rippberger, for example, is b- basically uh, creating a society in which it is possible and permissible and and uh, encouraged for us to all live lives of virtue. So that's the common good. When you have a business, you should be contributing to the common good in some way. That doesn't just mean paying your taxes, just rendering to Caesar what is due to Caesars, but that 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 means providing a product or a service. That enhances people's lives and enables them to live lives of virtue. So if you make cars, for example, that's great. People can use their cars to go to mass and get a job and provide for their family. This is all good stuff. Obviously, you cannot produce a product or a service that is inherently or gravely evil. Uh, so you, you know, if you want to be an entrepreneur, don't open an abortion clinic, for example. You have to ask yourself, though, Joe, what do, to, to the common good, That what is the contribution of a hedge fund? They don't make anything. They don't sell anything. They don't really do anything besides financially transact in the marketplace. Uh, these these the derivative and speculative um, investments. And so essentially what they do is they sell things that they don't even have. <laughs> they sell things that they don't even have. And we're not even allowed to do that. And to be an investor in a hedge fund, you have to be what's called a qualified investor, which means you have to have at least a million dollars in liquid net worth, money that you're willing to lose uh, and you can you you sign to this attestation is very highly controlled to the SEC so I can't invest you can't invest so these hedge funds get access to de- deals and the the investors of these hedge funds get access to deals that you and I can't get but here's what what to your point about usury they are so focused on your money making money by virtue of the fact that it's money okay they expect their money to reproduce like rabbits (laughs) now this as you said usury was condemned in the strongest terms in the church if you were to open denzinger for example and just flip to the first reference on usury you would find that the usurers were denied ecclesiastical burial wow like the suicides
3: (laughs) we've done away with that by now i'm sure
7: yeah, yeah, imagine me. Oh, there's this is this is where the, all the Catholics are buried and then over here this is where the people who committed suicide or
8: usury
3: yeah. are buried. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness.
7: Yeah. Even in
3: the like uh, the Old Testament, it was condemned because there was uh there was a sense of trying to protect those that had less, right? The haves can't uh can't dominate the have nots. I mean, even if you owned a field and you were planting grain, you had to leave a portion of that field for the uh, for the for the poor to have access to grain, I mean, so uh, we Precisely. see this accommodated for in the Old Testament, but it it seems to have gone uh, the you know by the by, as they say here in the in these modern times.
7: Precisely. And it's uh, what uh, you know, you've you've always anyone has seen these memes. It's how it started versus how it's going. You know, Um, when you when you look at the the Robin Hood trading app, love the unironic name for this thing, right? Uh, (laughs) How it started, you know, in 2016, they put out a tweet, let the people trade, you know, and then uh, last week it says, in light of market volatility, uh, we're restricting transactions for certain securities, i.e. GameStop and AMC. Um, and But what they're doing, Joe, is they're allowing the hedge funds to continue to transact, but they restricted trading for you and me. If you're a Reddit user, if you're a little guy, if you're the guy who's supposed to be taken care of by the common good, that little patch of farmland. Yeah, you're not allowed to buy in. Sorry. Only, only the hedgies can buy in. You can't.
1: So, is it ethical for the average Joe or the average Emily to um, <laughs> to participate in this? Just the way that the GameStop redditors were, just at like stick it to the man in that sense, not to make money.
7: See, uh, here's the thing: we live in a culture that is literally based on usury. Uh, we have a fiat currency that is backed by no gold, to our knowledge. Um, we labor under the insidious secret tax of, um, of inflation, which is engineered by the central banks of the world. Um, everything we do involves usury. Getting a home mortgage is technically entering into a usurious transaction. Having a credit card, getting a car loan, financing anything is a usurious transaction. So everything that we do is based on usury. I, it's, it's, uh, this is something that fascinates me because I don't know that we can reconcile you know, 12th century dogmatic uh, statements uh, by the popes um, in their encyclicals about usury to to how we're living today. And, um, you know, the fact of the matter is, I think a moral theologian, I think a St. Alphonsus Liguori would look at what people are doing in Reddit hmm. and saying, you know, I'm, I'm going to take my stimulus check, which is my money that was given back to me by the government. And I'm going to invest it in this stock. Um, some people made a quick buck and good for them. Some people are doing it for the principle of fighting the system. And um, look, uh, we can, you can only labor under tyranny for so long. So I think some th- moral theologians would say that it is OK for the average Emily or the average show to do it. I just don't recommend doing it personally because um, it's too late. You know, if I, I was on a retreat last week and I missed the chance to get in, <laughs> about, um, and I'm not going to get in.
1: What about the silver now? They're going after silver. It looks like they're they are keep going working.
7: after silver, um, and I think that that's smart. I I do personally I don't I, I don't give investment advice, but I do personally think that silver is kind of undervalued, especially relative to gold. But that's an interesting topic. I do th- I think Catholics should have um, should have physical metals. They should just have it as a even as a downside, in in case that the uh, God forbid the currency should collapse. You know, the Austro-Hungarian Empire was the reserve currency of the world in 1917 of of Western Europe. Really? And then what happened? World War One, and then boom, they're gone, and they're gone, done. I mean, we're the reserve currency of the world, and we got the petrodollar and all that stuff, and that's great. But one event like COVID or anything like that could change everything. So yeah. I, I don't I don't think it's a bad idea to have some silver coins. College
3: you is, uh, Mike, from Restoring the Faith, you sound like Klaus uh, von Schwab there from uh, the Great Reset Guy from the World Economic Forum with his uh, – anyway – uh, I, I, you're you going to
7: build it back better. <laughs> no, no, thanks.
3: Uh, no thanks. I'm trying to cut back. I appreciate it, Klaus, but uh, I'm really trying to cut back. I got to watch the figure. But uh, I want to go back to something you said a minute ago. I was really thinking about, uh, we're talking about usury. I was thinking about debt and the culture of debt in our society. Uh, you know, as a family, we've been striving over the past 20 years of marriage to get out of debt, you know, college tuition. It, uh, day one, a uh, freshman shows up to college campus. They have to buy $80,000 worth of books for the semester, right? It's a rough It's right. a rough figure. Just go with me here. And they show up to the, uh, to the, the, uh, the Institute-approved uh, bookstore to purchase these books, and they're way overpriced. And in the bag at the checkout is a credit card application form, at least how it was when I was yeah, going to college. Yeah, they don't do that anymore. And, uh, you know, and I was thinking, I don't even have a job. And you're trying to get me to go into debt like that's insane you know and th- that's the culture with which we live so you're you're in debt up to your eyeballs you have a mortgage you have you have to have you know the ford f-150 raptor payment every month which is over a thousand dollars and then you got to have uh, a second car then you got the vacation house the four-wheelers the boats the this the that, that and you're in debt up to your eyeballs and uh it becomes very difficult especially with credit card debt to to and student loans to shovel your way out it seems like a lot of people are being enslaved by this and here we have our federal institutions just printing trillions of dollars uh with all of these stimulus bills is there any way out mike from restoring the faith
7: uh well yes uh i think actually to quote mother teresa live simply so that you others may simply live Um, It's the the ideal. The ideal is to have a one income household and where everyone can survive and live live out their faith that way Um, that the ideal is so so seldomly attained today because uh, especially young men, as you said, they're they're leaving college, let's say with a liberal arts degree um, and they're saddled with debt, they have to get a car. How are you prepared to carry out your vocation? And then, let's say you go to you know a Catholic university or something, and you've you've studied history or literature, and uh, you're prepared to become a teacher. Uh, well, it's hard to it's hard to support an entire you know um, an entire family on 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 something like that. Um, and the debt cycle is designed to entrap us, Joe. You have hit the nail on the head. It is designed to entrap us, and every single institution. Uh, from the from global financial institutions from the imf level from the world bank level are designed to entrap not only the, the the third world in debt but but uh the little guy in debt and the banks will always they don't really bear the risk that's the dirty little secret if you read there's a great book it's called the creature from jekyll island it talks about the founding of the federal reserve the bottom line is that the banks really don't Don't take any risk because they will always get bailed out. We saw it happen in the financial crisis. They're getting bailed out now. And even these hedge funds have turned to mommy government last week and said, can you bail us out? We got in over our skis. We're $4 billion short here. My third home is is at risk here. We got to do something to save it.
3: Well, uh, yikes. (laughs) Praise be to God in all things. But uh, I think... As, uh, as times get crazier, the truth comes out, masks fall off, and we start to see people and institutions and, uh, and agendas for what they are. But uh, we're grateful for Mike, for restoring the faith, to be on our program today to give us the lowdown, down, the skinny, and the Catholic take. Mike, God bless you. God love you. And thanks for being on the show.
7: Thanks, Joe. My pleasure.
3: All right, that's going to do it for Hour 1 of Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We'd love to have you join us in the second hour if you are able. We're still live streaming on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, so long as the algorithms give us the opportunity. And you can find us by searching for Catholic Drive Time or GRN online. We are game shows coming up in the next hour. Catholic trivia with a secret and hidden agenda of teaching you a little bit about the faith, having a laugh in the process, and giving away prizes. All that plus much more Catholic Drive Time coming up in the next hour. God bless you. God love you. We'll see you right back here, 6 a.m. Central, tomorrow morning. We'll see you then.
6: Thank you for
0: joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed
1: and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station.
0: Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash catholic drive time.
1: Again, that's
3: facebook.com forward slash catholic drive time.
0: Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and
2: God love you.
5: I had a theology professor who told me that Adam and Eve were just myths and that the rest of Genesis was all just legend. Is that what the church teaches?
8: Absolutely not. The church has always taught that Adam and Eve were real people and were the first human beings from whom all other human beings are descended. In 1950, Pope Pius XII, in the encyclical Humani Generis, states, The faithful cannot embrace the opinion that after Adam there existed on this earth true men who did not take their origin through natural generation from Adam or that Adam represents a certain number of first parents. In other words, the church teaches that all humanity descended from Adam and Eve. They were real people. Paragraph 38. This encyclical, in fact, clearly points out the first 11 chapters of Genesis do nevertheless pertain to history in a true sense. Again, Adam and Eve are not myths, and the rest of Genesis is not legend. Genesis is history in a true sense. Paragraph 39. Therefore, whatever of the popular narrations have been inserted into the sacred scriptures must in no way be considered on a par with myths or other such things. Can it be stated any clearer than that? The Catechism says, paragraph 375. The church teaches that our first parents Adam and Eve, no mention of a myth here, paragraph 404, by yielding to the tempter, Adam and Eve committed a personal sin. Someone please tell me how to miss commit personal sins. Adam and Eve's are not myths. Genesis does not contain myth or legend. That is church teaching. Challenge anyone who teaches differently to produce their sources from a magisterial document. They can't do it. They can, however, produce countless books and articles by theologians. Not good enough.
0: A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul.
6: Miyagi, I heard that the GRN is raffling off a 2021 Mercedes-Benz GLA 250. Miyagi loves support Catholic Radio on GRN. Where can you get tickets? Thing called internet. (laughs) Go to grnonline.com. One ticket, $25. Five ticket, $100. Drawing in March 1st. Name drawn March 4th. What are you going to do if you win? Give to you. Practice. Wax on, wax off.
3: I hope your morning is going really well. So far, you have coffee. I've had two full cups. I think I've had uh, not quite 32 ounces of coffee so far. Is that a lot? I usually drink a a pot. Probably a problem. But either way, we're going to have a great show this hour. Looking forward to our hour. We just wrapped up a great conversation with uh, Mike from Restoring the Faith on the GameStop stock situation from a Catholic perspective. We'll be posting... That interview as a video all by itself later today on our YouTube and Rumble channels. You can find the links to all of our outlets at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. And while you're there, I'm giving away a great, powerful talk from Father Bill Casey of the Congregations of the Fathers of Mercy on the State of the Union, the Church, and Society. It's free. You can enjoy it. It's powerful. It's only 30 minutes. And you can find that by signing up to the Catholic Drive Time email list uh, there on grnonline.com forward slash cdt. I'll post a link to it over on our Facebook live video feed as well. But uh, in this hour, we have the game show, and uh, this week's sponsor is Tiny Saints Prize Box. Great opportunity. Three more chances to get in on the coffee cup of divine providence, so we're looking forward to that. Plus, Holy Mass will begin at 7.30, but we will stay on the after show, the live video feed on Facebook, Twitter, and on YouTube to conversate about all the stuff in our program today. So a lot going on, and we're so grateful you're a part of our program, and we hope that you'll stick around for the entire show. Of course, the team is here. Good morning, Emily Alcaraz.
1: Good morning, Joe. How are you doing?
3: Praise God I'm alive. And that counts.
1: Thank God for the gift of life.
3: Thank God for the gift of life. Anything good in the news, or is it all just sort of uh, Debbie Downer stuff?
1: I did have a couple good stories. So there's the the cause for canonization for Dr. Jerome Lejeune. Nice. That's being advanced. Um, What else? Oh, and this apparent Eucharistic miracle. Well, we'll see. But you know that there was that parish in Spain that completely exploded. It blew up, and they found an intact host, a consecrated host, in the rubble.
3: That's pretty powerful. Yeah. Yeah, that's and that priest died.
1: That's right, and apparently he had just been ordained, like maybe a year ago, like freshly ordained priest, and. People have been sharing some of his homilies on social media, and no they kidding. were really good. Yeah.
3: No kidding. Mm-hmm. Wow. All right. We'll look forward to that. Adrian Fonseca's on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Morning, Joe. How are you doing? Praise God. I'm alive. And God. that counts. Praise uh-huh. be to
4: Jesus Christ for that. <laughs> yes, I'm I, super excited because candle mass is today, and I get to go to mass at 7 p.m. That's right. And uh, go to bed super late. It's going to yeah, be great.
3: exactly. We're going to be like tomorrow morning on the show. <laughs> <laughs> we're, gonna, we're all going to be falling asleep on the microphones here. It'll be fun. But bring your bring your beeswax candles. 51% or more has to be. Uh, but uh, great opportunity to have your candles blessed, to bless your home and to bless your family. And we should always take full advantage of all the blessings that we can possibly get in this life. So Candlemask, Google it to find a, a time for today. All right, let's begin. Your intentions, we're including them here in our prayers with our intentions, praying for our radio apostolate, our team, our show, our families, your families. We're praying for peace in our world and in our country and asking Our Lady to intercede on our behalf to the Lord God, her Son. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen.
1: Organizations which hold traditional beliefs on marriage are again being labeled as hate groups. The Southern Poverty Law Center has again named mainstream organizations to its list of hate groups in the 2020 publication of its annual Year of Hate and Extremism report. The report, which was released February 1st, purports to create an easy to search list of hate groups in the United States, broken down by each state. While the list includes neo Nazi white nationalists and chapters of the KKK, The 2020 list also includes mainstream organizations such as the Alliance Defending Freedom, Liberty Council and the Ruth Institute. These groups are listed as anti-LGBTQ because they're opposed to same-sex marriage. A best-selling Catholic book has been banned without explanation from social media. Jointly owned Facebook and Instagram have banned the selling of the book The Anti-Mary Exposed by Catholic author Dr. Carrie Gress because it doesn't comply with their commerce policies. The book, which investigates the origins of an anti-Marian spirit that has embraced abortion in our culture, has recently trended as a number one bestseller in feminist theory on Amazon. Amazon also recently inexplicably removed themselves as an intermediary seller, but later restored the book to its store after Gress's publisher reached out to them multiple times. Interest in the book spiked after social media users learned it was being banned, Traditionalist Catholic book distributor Tan Books revealed that only a couple of days after posting about the book's censorship, their stock of the book sold out. Australian prosecutors announced on Monday that they were dropping charges against the individual journalists accused of breaching a gag order over the trial of Cardinal Pell. Prosecutor Lisa Ferrari told the Supreme Court of Victoria that the p- director of public prosecutions, made the decision after all 12 Australian media outlets accused of breaching the order agreed to plead guilty. The media companies also signaled that they would pay part of the DPP's prosecution costs. The County Court of Victoria imposed a sweeping injunction in 2018 at the request of the prosecution preventing the media from reporting on two trials involving Pell until the jury agreed a verdict in the second trial. Australia's High Court unanimously overturned Pell's conviction for five alleged counts of sexual abuse in 2020, after he had already served 13 months in jail. And the Blessed Sacrament was found completely intact among the ruins of a church in Spain. Rescuers in Madrid announced last week that a consecrated host was found amid the rubble left behind from the explosion of a building next to the Virgen de la Paloma Parish. The January 20th explosion caused by a gas leak destroyed four floors of the building where the parish priests lived, also affecting the nursing home and the neighboring school. One young priest, Father Ruben Perez Ayala, died as a result of the explosion. The Archdiocese of Madrid announced that the broken tabernacle has been taken to the chancery for repairs, while the consecrated host has been placed in the tabernacle at the Cathedral of Santa Maria La Real de la Almudena. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Tuesday morning headlines through a Catholic lens.
3: St. Theophane Venard, pray for us. Born November the 21st, 1829 in uh, Portiers in France. He was raised by a pious family. He had a brother who was the uh, a local priest and was would later become the curator of his, his writings. He had another brother who was the bishop of Portiers. Uh, St. Bernard studied at the College of de la Fontaine in Portiers, and also at the Paris Seminary for the foreign missions. He would go on to become a priest in June of 1852 and a missionary to Southeast Asia. He would spend 15 years working in Hong Kong and then be transferred to what is now called Vietnam. But at the time in Vietnam, Christians were being persecuted for the faith, and it just so happens that upon his arrival there, there was a new outbreak of uh, anti-Christian persecution. Many priests and bishops were forced to go into hiding in forests and in caves. In fact, uh, Saint Jean Theophane Bernard actually had to live this way for four years, hiding when he could in the daylight and suffering with uh, malnutrition, of course, in some cases, but it's just his health was not... Not very good. He would help to serve the flock at night and hide in the daytime, but he would be betrayed by a parishioner on November the 30th, 1860. He was arrested for the crime of being a Christian. They gave him much opportunity to recant his faith and he would be saved, but he would never take that option. No, he was uh, committed to Christ and to his church and to the faith and He was kept in a cage for several weeks before his execution, which he wrote several uh, joyful and consoling letters back to his family. They beheaded him on the 2nd of February, 1861 in Hanoi. They placed his head on a pole as a warning to others, but later it would be reserved and preserved as a relic there in Vietnam. The rest of his body was sent back to his family in France and interred in the crypt of the missions étrangères in Paris, France. Pope St. John Paul II would canonize him on the 19th of June, 1988. St. Jean Theophane Bernard, pray for us. The gospel comes to us from Luke chapter 2, verses 22 through 32. When the days were completed for their purification, according to the law of Moses, Mary and Joseph took Jesus up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, just as it is written in the law of the Lord, it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he should not see death before he had seen the Christ of the Lord. He came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to perform the custom of the law in regard to him, he took him into his arms and blessed God, saying, Now, Master, you may let your servant go in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in the sight of all the peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and glory for your people Israel. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. What a powerful little passage. Uh, We love uh, to pray the Holy Rosary at my house with my wife and kids every day. And, uh, of course, we meditate upon the mysteries, the joyful mysteries, and this is one of the joyful mysteries, the, the presentation of the infant Jesus in the temple, the penultimate moment when the Son of God, the Messiah, is presented to the people of Israel. You know, Israel is supposed to be waiting in eager expectation for the coming, for, their, for the time of the visitation, for the time when the Messiah would come to them. And uh, Simeon here represents that on behalf of the people. Anna will as well, which comes right after this passage. But Simeon is what we have today to meditate upon. And Simeon is uh, fascinating because we see a parallel here. <coughs> Sorry, I had a cough. We see a parallel here between uh, this presentation of our Lord and Simeon and the prophet Samuel, going back to 1 Samuel chapter 1, verses 24-27, through 27, it sort of hints at more than just the mission and vocation of our Lord as Messiah, but as priest, prophet, and king. <coughs> wow. Choking to death over here. At any rate, so uh, Simeon is waiting in eager expectation, but notice three times in this passage, that Simeon is told that he is motivated and driven by the Holy Spirit. Three times, back to back to back to back. You have to pay attention to that, because what comes next becomes very powerful. That uh, it is the Holy Spirit that informs him, it is the Holy Spirit that drives him, it is the Holy Spirit that beckoned him to the temple on that day to receive the Messiah. Now, we see these parallels and these hints from Simeon and what he says here to the prophecies of Isaiah chapters 42, 46, 49, and 52, that Jesus embodies God's salvation, that Jesus becomes a light, a light shining to the Gentiles, to you and to me, right? So Jesus comes to not just save Israel, but Jesus comes to bring back all children, all peoples who are lost to God the Father, to bring them back into the one family of God. Jesus takes on the Old Testament covenants and completes its mission. He takes on the curses for himself, the stripes, the cross, the crucifixion, the passion. He takes that upon himself. That's to fulfill the Old Testament. But then he brings us that blessing that was promised that would come through Abraham and through his seed to bless all nations. Jesus is the perfect embodiment and the fulfillment of the law and the prophets. And the bringing together of all the tribes on planet Earth, and this is what we see in this powerful passage, Adrian Emily
4: uh, yes, so we uh, the, real quick i'm going to give a short version, and then I'll may give more at the after during the after show, uh, but real quick, the three things that are important to remember for the uh, meditating on this scripture passage is threefold: one, the presentation of our Lord in the temple. Two, the purification of Our Lady. And three, the, uh, the, pro- the prophecy of Simeon. Those three things are great things to meditate on uh, when you're looking at this, and that's what we should be meditating on whenever we pray the fourth joyful mystery of the Holy Rosary. So just keep that in mind, read it, meditate on it, and uh, I'd like to say
3: more during the after show. All right, so all that's coming up. Uh, the Holy Mass starts at 7.30, but we stay on uh, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter for the after show and keeping the conversation going. But right now, we have an opportunity for three more chances. To win the prize in this week's uh, prize pack, but it's the Catholic Trivia Game Show that's coming up next. You can be the contestant. All you need to do is call right now 877 757 9424. That's the number. Call right now. We'll be right back with Fear and Trivial.
5: We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder, yet, our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at CatholicsComeHome.org.
2: Protestants like to use James 2, 10 through 11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin, because in 1.15 he affirms it, saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2.10-11 is that we must keep all the commandments, in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So, James 2, 10-11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com.
3: Joe
7: McClain.
3: Phone lines are wide open right now, so if you wanted to be a contestant, get three chances into the prize pack this week, boy, your chances are excellent right, right now. All you need to do is call 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424 is the phone number to call. is the phone number to call. All right. So here's how the game works. Now, if you're just, if you're brand new and you're like, what in the world? What are you doing here? So this is called the fear and trembling game show. We have Catholic trivia questions. We have a secret and hidden agenda. So don't tell anybody this, but we want to teach the faith just a little bit, right? So you learn something new all the time. We have a little laugh in the process. Nobody gets hurt. And prizes are involved. So it's a great deal. But here's the catch, right? So here's the rub. I don't ask the caller the questions, so literally anybody could call in, and you don't even need to know the answers, because I ask Emily, I ask Adrian. The two of them have conspired together so that one has a right answer, and the other has a wrong answer, and the caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to uh, make a decision. Do they want to trust Emily? Do they want to trust Adrian? And every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win, possibly win this week's prize pack, Emily. What are they going to win this week?
1: So, this week's prize is from TinySaints.com. You've probably heard of them or seen their little uh, keychains. They sell them at every Catholic gift store. Um, but they're giving away a big $75 valued prize pack this week. It's got a rosary, a book, six of their little keychains, and even a little teddy bear. So, this is a super cool prize. You're going to want to call in this week.
3: All right, praise be to God. I'm still choking over here. I don't like. I have <laughs> no idea. Just like you turn a microphone on, and all of a sudden choking happens. I'm not sure how that exactly happens, but golly gee whiz, uh, hopefully I'll survive this day. If not, you are in charge, okay, Emily? Okay. All right. So here's the deal. We have a ton of calls that just came in. Praise God. God love you all. Thank you for oh, trying. Wow, that's a lot to of calls. be to be a contestant in our game show today. We're very grateful for everyone who tries, but we always take the first call, right? So. If you have the phone number ready uh, tomorrow morning, you can get in on that early, and then uh, you'll be our contestant. We'd love to have you on the show. But let's go to the phones here. Jeff, good morning to you. Thanks for being on uh, Fear and Trembling on uh, Catholic Drive Time. Good morning. Glad to be here. Where where do you go to church, Jeff? St. Joseph Catholic Church, Honey Creek. All right. Praise God. Have you uh, been listening to the Fear and Trembling Game Show long? Do you understand the rules? Do you understand the manipulations that might occur if you listen to Emily or Adrian?
2: I do, and I've got my little ones as we drive to school. They're my lifelines.
3: (laughs) Notice I always make Emily and Adrian the bad guy.
4: Okay, you know know, whenever whenever any of the listeners mention children, Emily automatically is like, "Oh wait, I have to give them, I have to let them win."
3: (laughs) All right, she has to go easier. I'm
1: on your side, Jeff.
3: All right, so are you on your way to dropping the kids off at school this morning, Jeff?
2: We are. They go to St. Peter and Paul Catholic School in New Braunfels.
3: How cool. Well, praise be to God. We're so excited that all of you are part of our game today. And uh, let's see if we can't make this easy on Dad to get in on the coffee cup of divine providence. Are you ready, Emily? Yes. You sure? Absolutely. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Hopefully I'm ready. My throat is uh, is acting <laughs> up here. Okay, here we go. Uh, Emily, can you tell me what are the three types of baptism?
1: The three types of baptism. Okay, so there's the usual kind, where you get baptized in water. Okay. Um, And then there's also what we call baptism by blood and baptism by desire, which you don't hear about as often.
3: All right, so your answer is water, blood, and desire. Yes. That's your answer. Mm -hmm. All right, okay. Let's see. Let's see what Adrian says here. Adrian, can you tell me what are the three types of baptism? Okay, the three types of
4: baptism. Let's see. Well, you have your your traditional baptism, so you have a baptism in English, mm-hmm. a baptism in Latin for the Latin rite, and okay. then you have the Byzantine baptism. So you have three different kinds of baptism. In
3: what language would that be? That would
4: be, I guess, Greek. I don't know.
3: Greek, Aramaic, maybe. Maybe. Uh, I think it's Aramaic. Maybe
4: Coptic. I don't know.
3: Okay. <laughs> so your answer is English, Latin, and Byzantine. Yes. Okay. So Adrian is on the hook for English, Latin, and Byzantine. And Emily is on the hook for a baptism of blood, of desire, and of water. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Jeff uh, and the kids, what say you? Survey says, we have
1: Emily.
3: congratulations job, No guys. fooling those kids. You guys are so smart. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't even give Adrian a half a second I, none of None of them did.
4: None of them. Like, like, su- I heard like 20 kids and none
8: of them said Adrian.
3: <laughs> Super smart. Well, congratulations, Jeff and the kids. Uh, you got the first one right. You're in the cup. How do you feel? How do you
8: feel good.
6: All right, we're
3: doing good. <laughs> you're doing great. Good job, guys. You're, you're doing great. Now, I think I got to say, I think the questions get easier from here. So I think you got the, the hardest one out. So praise God for that. Let's see uh, how the next one goes. We'll start with Adrian this time. Adrian, are you ready? Yes, sir. Here we go. Adrian, what is the name given for the form of prayer consisting of psalms, lessons, hymns used by all the clergy? Uh,
4: let's see psalms hymns Uh, This kind of sounds like kind of sounds like mass so I'm gonna go with mass
3: your answer is the mass yes okay okay let's see what Emily has to say here Uh, could be tricky here let's just see Emily can you tell me what is the name given for the form of prayer consisting of Psalms lessons hymns used by all the clergy
1: well we do use all those in the mass but what you're referring to specifically used by the clergy mm-hmm. is what we call the divine office, or it's sometimes called the liturgy of the hours.
3: Oh, wow. Very specific. All right. So Emily is on the hook for divine office or liturgy of the hours, and Adrian is on the hook for the mass. Fifteen seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Jeff.
8: Emily. <laughs> We're going with Emily. <laughs> Emily oh man
3: (laughs) they don't even wait they're like Like, nah nah. we don't don't need to hear adrian's answer they all know adrian's reputation precedes him and uh (laughs) (laughs) just they're not buying you're selling but they're not buying congratulations you got two answers right in the coffee cup of divine providence bonus question i guess how often do the clergy pray the divine office Uh, jeff any guesses there every day twice (laughs) at least
4: twice right morning and evening well, yeah, they have to do the principal hours, but yes. Yeah, so in the, at least in the morning, evening, though, you know, it's kind of more complicated than
3: that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. You know. And anyway, we go down a rabbit hole in the after show on the Divine Office. Okay, here we go. Third question, third opportunity. It could be a perfect score here. All right, uh, Emily, back with you. Emily, okay. can you tell me when a pope dies? What is destroyed? What? When the pope dies. What is destroyed is Upon like, his death?
1: like a metaphor, like his papacy is destroyed?: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Well that would depend on the on the uh, on the theologian you ask at the time and the or the, the news head commentator. but in this que- case this is, this happens every time a pope dies, something is destroyed. What is it?
1: um I'm going to go with the pope's his documents. <laughs> his document.
3: I think we hope that, like, that some documents will be destroyed. <laughs> but uh, so that's your answer. You think they destroy some of his documents?
1: Like his personal stuff. I don't oh. know.
3: Okay, so that, is that your answer? <laughs> is that is that? Is, yes. Okay. So your answer is they destroy his personal documents. <laughs> yes. All right. Let's see what Adrian has to say. Adrian, can you tell me when the Pope dies, what gets destroyed?
4: You know, that, that was incredibly convincing. I just, <laughs> want to say, incredibly. I just want to say Emily's was like, I'm like, I'm convinced, you know, uh, but I'm going to say it's his official <laughs> ring. The papal ring is destroyed uh, whenever d- the Pope dies, d- not his personal <laughs> <laughs> items. Jesus Robles on Facebook says, my heart
8: is destroyed. <laughs> no, Emily, don't. <laughs>
4: Okay, the papal ring, the official ring, the papal ring, that's
3: what I'm going with. All right, Uh, so, okay, Adrian is on the hook for destroying the papal ring upon the death of the Pope. Emily is on the hook for destroying his personal correspondence or documents. 15 seconds on the clock, who's right, who's wrong, who's giving it away? (laughs) survey says.
7: <laughs> <Great>
1: <laughs> How, time, guys.
3: How did they get that right? I just wow.
1: It's because they're smart. smart. They're smart kids. Yeah.
8: Smart <laughs> <Sorry>,
3: kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations. Yeah. Perfect score today. 3 chances in the coffee cup. Of Divine Providence. Uh, one more time, Emily, on the prize. Who is our sponsor this week?
1: TinySaints.com. So listen in on Friday, because you guys could win their prize gift box full of a rosary and keychains and a teddy bear and a book.
3: Wow. Praise God. Jeff, how do you feel? Kids, how do you feel?
6: Good <laughs> Yeah,
3: I think they feel good. Well, (laughs) praise be to God. We're so excited that you guys were a part of our program today. One more time, Jeff, what school do your kids go to? St. Peter and Paul Catholic School in New Braunfels, Texas. Well, how wonderful. We'll be praying for all of you today. We'll hope you'll include us in your prayers. But uh, may God love you and God bless you, Jeff. I'm going to put you on hold so that we can get your information, because if it's God's will, he'll pull your name out of the hat on, uh, or the cup, rather, on Friday when we finally uh, announce the winner. But uh, thank you for being a part of our program today. Thank you so much. All right, guys. Uh, safe driving. I'm going to put you on hold now, and that's going to do it for today's Catholic Drive Time on the radio side of our show. It's always a lot of fun uh, to be a part of uh, the game show. I just love the contestants, and it's even—I think it's better when the kids are involved. I don't know. That's just super fun. But we're grateful. Uh, So stick around. The Holy Mass will begin broadcasting in just a few moments at uh, at 30 after the hour. But we stay on live video feed on Facebook, YouTube, and on Twitter. We'd love for you to be a part of that. Don't forget, you can get a great and powerful talk by Father Bill Casey free if you just go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT and sign up for our Catholic Drive Time email list. We have some special stuff we're preparing for the Holy Season of Lent. And we want to invite you to that. So go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT. And while you're there, buy some car raffle tickets. You could win a Mercedes. God love you. God bless you. We'll see you on the after show.
0: Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired.
1: Join us Monday through Friday at the same time
3: Welcome to the After Show here on Catholic Drive Time, uh, keeping you informed and inspired, where we, we have a casual conversation about anything that came up during the course of the uh, the program today. Uh, so, great show today. Boy, that game show was a lot of fun today, Emily.
1: It sure was. I'm rooting for Jeff and the kids.
3: Yeah, amen. I don't know what happened, though. I was choking to death during the gospel. That, uh, we, like,
1: we almost lost you there,
3: I, I I felt my throat <laughs> close, like... <laughs> And I was like, how am I going to get through this? This is fun. Um, You know, because our radio side does not like silence. Anytime our towers hear nothing, they get all freaked out and they start playing something completely different, uh, which we don't want. So it becomes a race against the clock to get talking again.
1: It's always fun to see what sort of uh, demonic influence we're going to run into in our show.
3: (laughs) I know. (laughs) It's
1: like, what's it going to be today? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly.
3: Between lights flickering, sound problems, computers not working. I mean, just... Absolute insanity, but uh, great program today. Our guest, Mike, from Restoring the Faith, he was wonderful.
1: So funny. He had me laughing. I had to turn my mic off. He was so funny.
3: Really? What, what did he say that was so funny?
1: Just the way that he talked about the whole, uh, the stimmy checks and the using all the, gen, the gen Z language. <laughs> <laughs> the
3: stimmy checks, the chicken tendies. Uh, the chicken
1: tendies. Oh, yeah. Popeyes was giving away free tendies. <laughs>
3: free tendies. Yeah. Uh, Joaquin over on Facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Good morning to you, Joaquin. Thanks for hanging out with us. He, I, didn't, I wasn't paying attention because I'm not a very good multitasker. Uh, so you can. My wife will tell you. I, I'm not good at that. So w- trying to focus and read things, I usually do everything bad when that happens. So I did not see, but Joaquin was answering the the question. He understood that it's the uh, it's the fisherman's ring that gets destroyed upon his death, and his uh, ministry becomes uh, it ends right there. It's a symbolic ending to his. His ministry as as the pope.
4: They also don't want him to people to take his ring and start signing documents with yes. it and things like that. So they destroy uh, it. Yeah, mm-hmm.
3: yeah. And the uh, in fact, they also seal the papal apartments as well. And uh, so they they put an end to anything that could be official, and uh, the the title of the persons. Golly, all of a sudden the my brain is frozen and the uh it's it's Cardinal Farrell who uh, who is uh the person in the office at the moment. It starts with a C. The official title of the person in charge starts with a C. Canta Saran I have forgotten.
4: Kato Kamparvkar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
3: um, my my brain is freezing and I can't recall the title of the person, but it's it's Cardinal Farrell who who is in the office at the moment. When the Pope dies, he will be in charge of getting us Ca-
1: Camerlingo?
3: Camerlingo. I'll there take we go. I'll take uh Man in the middle for two hundred Emily. Wait, wait, isn't
4: that what I said? I said Camaringo. Uh, Cater- catamaran? 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 That's
3: catam- what I said, right? Catam- yeah, I said that. Yeah. What you what was it again? <laughs>
1: Camerlingo.
3: Camerlingo. So the Camerlingo is in charge of getting us to a new pope. So he helps to do the funeral mass. He helps set up the conclave, make sure everybody uh, votes with the Dominion Voting Unit. No, wait. Oh, that's a different thing altogether. And then uh, we, we announce the new pope. We burn the white smoke, and everybody's giving God praise. Um, and then the guy comes out on the balcony. Uh, Habemos Papam. So the Camerlengo does all of that, I think.
4: I'm reading Jesus' comments, and I'm dead over here.
3: <laughs> he was so distraught oh, over goodness. Emily just tossing the I, game like that. I mean, I think she's on the take. I, I, am wondering. I, you know, I'm like,
4: anytime a child is mentioned, all of a sudden Emily's a sudden, like, questions yeah. get like like personal uh, correspondence. Gets, she's like, she's like she's like, oh, either I'm a hundred percent sure about this question, or I have no idea. This is completely wrong. Anytime a child is mentioned, I don't, know, I don't know if there's a correlation or there's a causation. I, I'm not sure. There's sure.
3: some kind of shady going on over there. <laughs> I know, but it's heart—it's heart wrenching when, when we have a question that's clearly kind of tricky, and you're like, "Oh, they're never going to get this," and you just you feel bad for them. So, you like sp- the
1: papa's question, oh <laughs> you start you
3: start throwing the questions, you start throwing out the answers, and you're making it easy. We on have
1: them. to find a balance between challenging and empathetic.
3: Yeah, for my, sure. My
4: grandma commented on uh, on the uh, feed saying, "Good morning." And uh, actually morning. this the jacket that I'm wearing right now my grandma just got me a couple days ago. It's, so, nice it's a very nice jacket. Yeah, Looks beautiful. good. Are you wearing Thank your boots you for the that? Hat to no, no. You it. need to be wearing your boots for that. Yeah, it was too early in the morning to put them on. So I just have I have like, to I had, put like slip on, on the shoes that I put on in the morning.
3: I don't think JB Mooney would say it's too early in the morning to put on your cowboy boots. Oh, well,
4: you know. Not me.
3: Isn't he the world champion bull rider? I have no idea. I'm pretty sure he is. Pretty sure he is. JB Mooney always puts his boots on. At any rate, uh, I want to thank uh, Angelo over on YouTube and Jesus over on YouTube, hanging out with us this morning. Lori, I see, you, I see you over there. Uh, God love you. God Dornie, bless you,
4: Dorna. And on uh, from the Station of the Cross Facebook page, hey. said uh, that she's from
3: Hilton, New York. So How welcome. cool! Oh, praise God! No Thanks kidding. for joining us. You know, I was. Just mem- I had uh, Facebook reminded me not that long ago of the last time I was in New York. I was in Niagara Falls speaking at the Men's Conference up there. Uh, it was so beautiful. I had I stayed in a hotel uh, just down the road from Niagara Falls, right on the river there, and I had this beautiful sunrises every morning uh, to see the sun come up over that river and see the, uh, the the sort of the glaciers floating down the river towards the falls. It was pretty amazing. Yeah, praise God! What a beautiful part of the Did world. Did you
4: already talk about
3: the uh, the statue you got behind <laughs> you, Joe? Yeah. So we had somebody. We had I think it was Jesus or An- it was Angelo in uh, YouTube. Uh, asking us about this incredibly beautiful, uh, powerful statue back here. This is the, the scourged Jesus, and uh, I don't know how tall do you think that is? Five something? Probably about five feet tall. Yeah, yeah probably f- a guess. Five, five, three. I don't, I don't know how tall it is, but it's, it's pretty lifelike and powerful and gripping to look at. And it is on loan to us uh, from an equally powerful person, Jesús Robles, do our I'm friend at of the earlier. show, our friend of the show, and secret Dominican, by the way. Uh, undercover secret Dominican, Jesus Robles. He actually lends this to us to be on display in our studio. And what happens is, Jesus, uh, I think it's at least once a year, Jesus, you can correct me if you're listening to us on Facebook right now, but I think once a year they do a retreat for first responders and because jesus serves in the police department and so they do this incredible retreat for first responders and he's going to come and take the statue for that event and then bring it back so this way we get a tremendous amount of use out of this beautiful statue instead of it being you know some other place uh, stored or whatever we yeah, get to the, make the, use of it
4: the technical name for the uh, the image is called the eche homo uh which is behold the man uh because afterwards after he was scourged um Pilate brought out our Lord and said, "Behold the man." And so that that image that is created every time you see an image of our Lord scourged with the crown of thorns, usually those are those are called ecce Homo" images, uh, which is "Behold the man." So I think that's very interesting.
3: So uh, there was a uh, so we talked about candle mass just a little bit today, and a great opportunity to find a candle mass near you to take your candles to get them blessed, so that'll bless your home, bless your family, you know, and you want as many blessings as you can get. Now the question became is because I said it, 51% uh, or more beeswax and Adrian said no, it doesn't have to be. So I texted my 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 priest friend, Father Mike Mulane, and this was his response. And so we need to like we need to, we need someone to answer this officially. I don't know if there's an official answer, but <clears> throat> my throat is still closing on me. It says uh, Father Mullane says this. I always encourage encourage a majority uh, or 100% beeswax because the prayers refer to beeswax. I'll try to call you at some point to clarify. So I hope to get that soon. But the question is, where would it be st- like stipulated? Or is it just a preference thing? Because so, the prayers refer, mm-hmm. as he says, the prayers are, uh, in the language of the prayers is the term beeswax, which is probably why they're saying it should right. have at least 51% or more. But I know this. Um, I think it's required for, like, the... Uh, the, 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 the candle that they light at Easter time, right? Uh, every Mass, every church, they have a new candle every year at Easter, and they light that. That candle has to be at least 51% beeswax. So, that,
4: so there's a lot of technicalities. So for for the liturgy, they have to be beeswax. You cannot have non-beeswax candles for the liturgy. And now it should be 100% beeswax, but uh, it stipulates that it can be as little as 51% for those places that cannot afford 100% beeswax. Now, the candles, which is why if I'm assuming Father Malene is saying that he encourages it, uh, is not, uh, because it's not required because the blessings are blessings of candles. And so <laughs> any candle would suffice, any candle with wax would, be, would suffice. Um, but it is more fitting that it be beeswax, and it'd be more fitting that it be 100% beeswax, because beeswax has a lot of symbolic reference to our Lord, um, and so that's why I tend organic. to be that way. Yeah, it's well, also
3: organic and Right, and it's a beautiful.
4: sweetness to it. There's a sweetness yeah. to it. And so those kind of things, there's a lot of reasons why. And then also you have bleached and unbleached, and that also doesn't matter for us. But for the liturgy, it does matter. So you have to have uh, unbleached Candles uh, for Requiem Masses mm-hmm. and typically bleached candles for most other Masses, uh, with exceptions. And so there are a lot of technicalities in regards to the liturgy. Before use by the layperson, it is most fitting to have uh, beeswax candles, but it's not necessary to have beeswax candles.
3: Yeah, so it's a wonderful opportunity to uh, get some candles, go to candle Mass if you can find one near you, start Googling around and figuring out the time. Now, for us, I mean, it's like seven o'clock mass, uh, but that's pretty late for us. For like it's very late for me. <laughs> for, I mean, we are we're, we're here, you know, four a.m. in the morning preparing for the show. So I'm up at three a.m. You guys, I think, get up a little earlier. I know Adrian gets up a little earlier, but three a.m. is like my limit. I'm sorry. I'm three is my time. I'm getting up at three a.m. Whatever time I get to the office, what time I get to the office? Three a.m. comes pretty early uh, when you're not getting a lot of rest. So, uh, but I'm going to be a little late tomorrow. Uh, Yeah, good luck with that. But uh, uh, either way, it's worth the sacrifice. Uh, My wife, she went out and she bought a ton of beeswax candles, and she found some new new sources of uh, Catholic families that have beehives, and they're making their own candles, and so we we bought a bunch, and we're going to bring them all tonight. It's so worth bringing your, your kids, bringing your family to Holy Mass on a special occasion uh, to bless your your candles, and that way you can bless your home with them, and it's just it becomes a part of the domestic church just to make use of all of these wonderful this treasury of graces that Martin Luther rejected. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's a wonderful opportunity. It's like think about this for a second. God is so merciful. God is so generous. God is so forgiving. That he would give us these treasury of graces. I mean, devotion after devotion after devotion after promise after promise of his mercy and kindness to us. I mean, it's, it's so much that he's poured out on us. Uh, why not make use of that? Why not take advantage, full advantage of that? And if you've never been to a Candle Mass, and boy, I hadn't up until a couple of years ago— uh, why not start tonight? Start googling. Start see if you can find a candle mass around you tonight. It'd be so yeah, wonderful. Yeah, if you live in the greater Houston
4: area, let us know. We'll point you to a couple directions. Uh, but one thing I wanted to point out was what are the what are the uses of uh, these candles that you have got you get blessed at Candlemas? And so uh, there's a, num- a number of uses. One being devotional use to pray with. So you just light it as you pray. Uh, something to focus the mind to remind you of our Lord as light of the world. Uh, but also for health. So our Lord, uh, in the blessings that is said by the priest, it actually says for health of body. Um, So it was traditionally understood that, the way sickness happens is through the air. Right? It's through the smell, through the air uh, that you inhale. And so the candles, the blessed candles will drive out uh, those impurities out of the air, but also uh, that there are the demons reside in the air, according to Aquinas. And so the blessed candles drive out the demons from the air around you. So it's a very strong spiritual sense as well. So that's why you have holy water, which are for physical objects. You bless the physical objects with them, but then the candles, the aroma, the beeswax, that kind of thing, uh, fills the air and it, it drives out the demons from the air surrounding you same thing with the blessed bells and the like uh, so there's a number of uses that you can use it with so i highly encourage you to use it uh, keep it around your home light them pray with them those are it's very good don't just uh, don't just hoard them so a lot of people will just get them blessed and then hoard them for the 3 days of darkness uh mm-hmm. start use them as well
1: <laughs> yeah and sacramentals are one of the gifts that god has given us as uh, to our church and to our faith and a lot of you've seen heresies throughout time throughout time like Manichaeism, uh, Albigensianism, all rejected the material, the physical, because it said that the the spiritual realm or the spirituality was superior. But we know that we are body and soul composite. We're both. And God knows this, too, which is why he provides us with sacraments that are both physical and immaterial. They're they're both. They're spiritual because the, the material, what we have on the outside affects us interiorly. So that's why we have, we use rosaries, we use statues, images, icons, the sacraments, the water, the oil. It all um, works to make us holier.
3: Uh, Jesus Robles says on Facebook—or actually, no, it's my wife. <laughs> and my wife who's saying this. Uh, not a ton, but some beeswax candles of various sizes for home use. Still hard to burn candles with kiddos, but maybe weekends we can burn burn some. Amen, my um, love. And uh, thanks for chiming in on the show today, by the way. One thing I will point out—so um, I I work with uh, the Kingsman Apostolate, and we do these retreats for men and we did a mission trip up to Montana back in September with them and we did this men's retreat um and uh one thing we did was every man got a candle we made this procession on the first night because we were we because of the covid situation we had to alter the program a little bit we typically have adoration and we do a uh, we do a procession by torchlight with men in into uh, doing adoration and we weren't able to do that because of the covid situation so we altered it guys got candles we processed to a chapel we all placed our candles on, on the uh, sort of this uh, little altar at the chapel there were some candles that were beeswax and there were some candles that were not beeswax. By the end of that so that was Thursday, by the end of Sunday when we were packing up, the candles that were still lit were the beeswax candles. All the others had gone out. Uh so beeswax also burns really long. It's awesome. Praise God.
4: I'm going to post the prayers for the uh the blessing of the candles down in the comment section of all the social media feeds. Uh, so if you want to see the prayers and what exactly they ask for, because uh, asking you shall receive, correct? So our Lord uh, allows the priest through the intercession that he specifically asked, the The effect of what they ask for always happens. So that's why uh, I'm going to post them down below and you can read the, the actual prayers there. Also, somebody just commented on Facebook.
1: Yeah. So Diego, it looks like my brother Diego is commenting through my mom's Facebook account. Hello, Diego. So he Diego just did his confirmation. He chose St. Joseph as his confirmation sponsor, or his saint, and I was his sponsor. So hello. Wow.
3: How are you doing? Praise God. Welcome uh, to the show.
1: They're uh, So they're going through the polar vortex right now. Did you hear about the polar vortex that's going the through the, polar
3: vortex. the north and
1: the northeast?
3: I saw the movie. Uh came out, I don't know, 10 years ago. And the uh, the whole world froze over?
1: Probably based on the north. Yeah.
3: <laughs> no. Is there really a big storm? I mean, I had to pay attention to the weather all oh that Oh, yeah,
1: often. huge. My family was telling me they built a, an igloo that they all fit inside of.
3: <laughs> really? Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> no kidding. Well, praise God for that. My kids love the snow. It would be so much fun. Uh, uh, let's see. We have only a few minutes left in our program today. I, let me go back to uh, plugging our, our email list. So I've been chewing on... Uh, some ideas for Holy Lent as it uh, fast approached now. Um, So I I wanted to create an email list so we can stay in contact with some of our listeners about some of the ideas. For instance, uh, we're thinking about doing a commentary on the Sunday Gospels, uh, so sort of like a a survey of the various commentaries that we all reference in when we're commenting on the Gospel on the show every day. Um, So uh, Cornelius Elapidae is one of our fan favorites uh, uh, commentaries, of course. Uh, you know, I'm looking at uh, the Ignatius Study Bible, I've got the Navarre Study Bible over here, uh, plus uh, Haydock's commentary. So there's a bunch of commentaries that we look at, and we're thinking about maybe doing something special just for the holy season of Lent and looking at the Sunday Gospels. And then I also was considering doing a review of the trustful surrender to divine providence, the secret of peace and happiness. Have you guys read this before? Uh, Emily, Adrian, have you been through the trustful surrender? No. Oh, it's fantastic. Saint Claude de la Colombert, SJ, as well as Father Jean-Baptiste, who is also, it says saint, but they put saint to the end, Saint Jure. Uh, At any rate, uh, it's a fantastic book. About 15 plus years ago, it's really tiny. It's not even that big. It's super small, easy to read during the holy season of Lent. Um, Somebody handed, a friend of mine handed this book to me and challenged me to read it. Fifteen or plus years ago, and I've read it a few times since. I usually read it during the Holy Season of Lent. The trustful surrender to divine providence, the secret of peace and happiness. It's published by Tan. I'm considering buying a bunch and giving them giving them out. Um, I'm trying to chew on that idea, but to, at the very least, I may just sort of review that. Um, but it, it's a it's a life changer. But I got to be honest, it's also. It's also a very hard pill to swallow. Not because of the, the like the, it's not like deep and heady. It's not like trying to read the philosophy of J.P. Two or trying to wrap your brain around the Summa Theologica. It's not like that. It's just that what is said here is hard for the vast majority of humans, because we want to be in total control of everything that happens in our life. And the secret uh, of happiness is really to give up control. So at any rate, I'm considering that, praying about that. But I would encourage you, at the very least, to get that free talk from Father Bill Casey, the State of the Union, the Church and Society, where we're headed and what you need to be thinking about. It's a powerful short talk, 30 minutes, really, really good, uh, that you can watch that video for free by signing up on our list. Just go to grnonline.com forward slash cdt. And while you're there, you can sign up to the email list, get the talk from Father Bill Casey, get the audio podcast of our show, and much, much more, all at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Also, don't forget, the car raffle is going. We're trying to give somebody a Mercedes. Could be you. Get the rules. Buy your tickets. All that on our website, grnonline.com. That's going to do it for today's show. We'll have another Catholic Drive Time tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, across the Guadalupe Radio Network and the Station of the Cross. God love you. God bless you. Be sure to share. Thank you.
0: Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed
1: and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station.
0: Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time.
1: Again, that's Facebook.com
3: forward slash Catholic Drive Time.
0: Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye
2: now, and God love you.